What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. I don't need to carry a spoon in my pocketbook to stir up drama. (laughs) So stupid. I may never sell a house worth $55 million, but I would rather be from Pennsylvania than Snooty Pantsville. Oh, you guys, it's Andy's girls. I feel like we are possibly insane. It's episode 450 something, Leave Me Alone. And I am so excited for a return guest. Episode Leave Me Alone. <laughs> I mean, that's a contender for uptitle. Um, gotta tell you, listen, I, I feel like Bravo IG, the the world of Bravo Twitter with photos and whatnot is on fire right now. So we're gonna talk a little bit about it. But first, I have to introduce the person who will be mentioning it all. You know her as a content creator whose Instagram bio gives you a thesis for her soul. If Dateline and Sports Center had a Bravo baby, it would be Bravo, Bravo, Ducking Bravo. How are we? Welcome back. I'm so good. You know, I just love dishing about the crazy kids on Bravo. Exciting as always. Well, I have to tell you, you know, you were just on three seconds ago because you know I force you to come on at least every 45 minutes, if not like 30 plus. And we had talked New York and I said, you need to catch up on Orange County so we can talk Orange County. And motherfucker caught up on Orange County so we can talk Orange Mm -hmm. County. So that's right. Mazel tov to you. But I have to say, before we get into all things OC, there is some like, maybe breaking news or or definitely breaking speculation and hot goss. The big deal. We're recording this early Thursday and Bravo IG is essentially melting down with rumors and speculation that summer house couple soon to be wed. I think that their wedding is scheduled for I think October, that could be 100% wrong, but it's coming up. She already, she just had her shower. Lindsay and Carl may, may be finito. Now, now we are recording this early Thursday. It is entirely possible that before this episode goes out, I would uh, highly, highly assume that there will be some confirmation either that they are no longer engaged or no longer together or totally engaged and totally together. And this is just like literally a nothing burger. But I do just want to reference the blind, I guess, that set this off from Bravo and Cocktails, which says, um, I can't say who I am. So anonymous email. But this summer house couples is set to wed in the fall. And a friend of a friend told me the wedding is off. He called it off. I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Hold on. Breaking news. I literally opened my phone. There's a post from Bravo Historian. Thank you. And it is the cover of an Entertainment Tonight story saying. What? Saying. No. They have. No. Called off their engagement. No. They were set to get married in, in November. 
so but close. Carl told Lindsay he couldn't move forward with the wedding. The breakup was filmed and will most likely play out on the next season of Summer House. That is from Entertainment Tonight. Why does this yeah. shit always happen when we are recording? I know I should be like, oh my God, and you get to capture our reactions on, on I was about to say on camera, LOL, on, on audio devices, but yeah. like, I don't love that. I want to be able to like sit in stuff for a second mm-hmm. and reflect. I mean, I just saw them. I mean, not just in the last several months at a page six event. Um, talking about their engagement, talking about their wedding. I spent some quality time after talking to Carl about the Clawfist. He was like, I'll come, we'll come, we'll record an episode. I absolutely didn't follow up, which is a part of my brand. But mm. I mean, fuck. And they live yeah. together. Oh my God. Here's what bothers me is that all the reports are like, he called it off, right? How horrifying to be Lindsay today and have all these reports circulating like, the man you're about to marry November is out there like he called it off. I'm going to say the thing that's not going to be popular to hear, but I have to be very honest. It wouldn't be called off unless he was the one to call it off. Lindsay has always mm-hmm. been the person saying, here's the list of things I want to do in my life after or while you're making me sandwiches. Like I am going to get married. I I think she's interested in having kids. Like she has always been very, very goal driven, which is not a bad thing, but I feel like in watching her over the course of Summer House that her personality has always been focused on like, and then the next, and then the next, and then the next, which I get, and it's wrapped up in family trauma stuff and whatever else. But like, I don't, I think it, he would have to be the one to call it off. I don't, I don't think anything could go on in their relationship and she would call it off, which is not me criticizing her at all. I'm not intending to. I'm just saying that like, if someone was to call it off, I'm not surprised that everyone is saying it was Carl. Yeah. I mean, it's also like the classic thing of like, it's, you know, the stereotypical men have a hard time committing, things like that, especially Bravo men, I'm sure, uh, you know, who knows? We don't know. We don't know. There could be a a whole, there's, I'm sure they're going to show it on, on the next season. There could be many reasons for it. We don't know. Well, I mean, a couple things. First off, um, when it comes to like the gender genderization of all of this, the gender politics and really specific to Carl himself, I mean, he has been on such a journey. He started off as this kind of like sort of unlikable, slightly cloying, little manipulative kind of fuck boy. Mm. And we have watched him really seemingly grow a lot and mature and and really calmly work on enforcing and putting up boundaries and figuring out what he wants to do with his life and going through incredible family tragedy that I think has also shaped his, uh, you know, decisions of how he wants to live his life. And certainly his sober journey has been at the forefront. And it's not to say that a person who is living a sober life can't be in a relationship with someone who is not. That is entirely up to that individual and that couple. But Lindsay drinks a lot. And the setup of Summer House is in many ways shaped by big moments 
that are preceded by many, many rounds of shots. And I don't know, he has been able to figure out a way to like continue to exist on Summer House and maybe put up boundaries and whatever else. But I don't know how much, you know, Lindsay's lifestyle has shaped this, which is not in any way for me to say that she has an issue. It's not in any way for me to criticize her, but it just, they just might be at different places in their lives. Yeah, we'll find out. That could be a part of it. I mean, all the Bravo shows, it seems, are, you know, pretty steeped in alcohol consumption. Um, Real Housewives, they throw it back, you know, and I always feel for the people who are trying not to partake. So, yeah, this will, this is shaking, um, shaking up the Bravo sphere today for sure. And, you know, I'm looking at that E.T. Um, piece and just two weeks ago, because I remember seeing photos and Instagram about it. Lindsay had two weeks ago, Lindsay had her garden party themed bridal shower here in New York with several members of the cast, Amanda, mm. Danielle, which is good to see Sierra, Gabby and Samantha. I don't I didn't watch all of last season. I started to sort of drop off because um, it wasn't really. Uh, I didn't have capacity for it, but um, mm-hmm. fuck. I mean, yeah. it's it is a difficult. I mean, look at Kyle and Mauricio, a very very different circumstance. Drew and Ralph, a very very different circumstance. But there is something to be said for the fact that this is the flip side of signing on for reality TV. People are going to have opinions about your relationship, and your breakup is going to play out either on camera or on social media, or some combination of the two. It's, we like to see the happy ending, but how do you even know that an ending is going to be happy at this point? Because cameras will continue to roll and look for, you know, darker aspects to your relationship to mm-hmm. focus on and unpack. Yeah, I can't imagine it. I mean, that's why I I don't think that I have the constitution to ever obviously like I'm an anonymous account but I to share your life like that and also share your relationship so people are part of that journey and they see the ups and the downs and they see every little bit of it your fights and your 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 joy your for you know families for the kids things like that and then if you have an issue it's not just you. It's like, it's almost a stress that people feel to tell their family and friends that they're either separating or getting a divorce or breaking up, but amplified. And you have this entire fan base that's also going along with it. And they're going to have their emotions associated and projected onto your relationship. It's going to be difficult. It absolutely has to be difficult. And it just, it's just one of those it's, you know, it's why you're paid a couple bucks because this is the thing that you Mm -hmm. sign on for, but it doesn't mean that it's not incredibly difficult to take. And I just, the stress that that would put on a person and also it's like you're rewarded in so many ways for sharing the most vulnerable aspects of your life. And it's like, now we know not only why you broke up, but we're going to make assumptions and hypotheses about the reasons that X vulnerable thing you discussed or Y vulnerable thing or Z vulnerable thing that Mm -hmm. we saw on an episode, what that factored into the relationship. It's like part of engaging as reality TV talent is with the understanding that everyone is going to want to be extremely involved in your relationship. and. Yet, that doesn't make it any less 
really, you know, it doesn't make it any less difficult to have to process with thousands of people who might comment on your social and say, this is your fault. I mean, mm-hmm. we it's all fine and good to say, let's block it out, but not in the Bravo world. The Bravo community mm-hmm. wasn't built that way. The Bravo community can be really, really tough and really big. And it just, I, I just can't imagine going through this yeah. in, a, in a public forum and also their relationship. Fuck, man. Like they were really good friends. And then this developed into something else. And it developed really quick. They, which always makes me nervous when people, but sometimes it's like you just know. make you, I vetted my husband for a decade. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't fathom being like, you seem great. <laughs> like, there's no way. And I know they were friends for longer. And that's different because we met when we were younger. So I completely understand the people who are, you know, further along and they feel like they really know someone. But I mean, for me, like, whoo, I'm just a different kind of bird. Like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta know you for a while. And there are couples where it's like you start off as friends, you're friends for however many years, and then one day it's like a different light goes on. Absolutely. You look at at this person differently. And I think for many people, understandably so, when you talk about how long you've been together, it's like we've dated for six months, but I've been friends with this person for five years. Totally. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you've been in a romantic relationship with them for five years. And people are different as friends than they are as lovers, it is just a different kind of relationship. And I just, I have to be really honest. And like when I saw them at that page six event, you know, she's alpha. She's like the one interrupting. She's the one, you know. Oh yeah, BravoCon too. She's very bubbly and outgoing and was like engaging with people. Yes. I think she's, you know, as someone who might also be considered and referenced as like a lot, like I was like, oh, okay. Like she's like, she, she, you know, is confident and self-assured and also really interested in like answering the questions and driving the conversation. And there are any number of partners who are comfortable with that, who want that, who want someone to be the person directing at least press events, right? That doesn't mean that's the way that they are in real life. Yeah. But also that's a that can be a lot of energy. And like I don't know is I don't know when it, when it comes to their relationship you know like big energy, right? Yeah. Can seem great in the moment, but what happens when these relationships sometimes end? I mean, it's I don't know if I'm communicating this effectively. What what I'm trying to say is that like it felt like she was taking up a lot of the air in the room, which isn't to say that Carl didn't like that. He might appreciate it. He might appreciate being the person who doesn't feel like he has to answer any questions, but also if a lot of the energy in the room is being taken by this person, at what point do you say I am struggling to breathe? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah, possibly. I mean, they are both they went both from both being kind of like, you know, on this show to having a combination. It's 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 a dynamic shift, right? And I'm a person that my husband, when we go to a social event, he's very extroverted and he loves talking to strangers and making quote unquote small talk. I I loathe small talk. I'd rather somebody be like, you know, 
what's your what's your worst fear? Like I'd rather that than like what do you do for a living kind of a thing. But he's great at that. And so I love that I can just sort of be like, go, you know, go talk and I'll be over here like smoking under the bleachers and you tell me when it's time to go. But there are certain situations, you know, Bravo stuff and things that I'm interested in where like I'm the I'm the person who's like dragging him around and like, no, 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 things are about to get good. Like we have to go to this thing or whatever it is or come with me to this movie. So it's it's definitely a dynamic. I mean, they're and again, we're speculating. Like they could be, it could be anything, could be anything. And I think I think there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on on the show this season for sure. Yeah. And there are a lot of relationships. When we look at the ways that we sometimes analyze and critique relationships, at least within the housewives specific universe, there's something to be said for the fact that, you know, partnership when it comes to celebrity and fame can be a difficult thing to experience, let alone critique, because I don't necessarily want to see someone as far as being a husband or partner enjoying the aspects of being on reality TV. That's often like one of the biggest insults a person can lob at a relationship on Housewives is to say like, wow, he's really enjoying being on TV. Like like Shannon, like what they're saying about Shannon. Yeah. Like what they're saying about Shannon and John. And the counter for that is like, you know, the kinds of relationships that I really appreciate are the ones where there does seem to be genuine respect between a couple and the ability and strength of like the male partner in that dynamic, knowing and understanding and being happy and fine with the fact that they're not at the center of this. Yeah, that they are the stem of the flower. Yes, exactly. That they are the stem of the flower and maybe just a leaf. Like Mm -hmm. I think of when I think of my favorite house husbands, I think of Jonathan Schindler, Heather Thompson's husband. I think of Bobby Zarin. I think of Albert Manzo. I think of Chris Larita. I mean, we're, we're just sticking East Coast. Support their spouse. Love their spouse. Happy for their spouse to have the spotlight there to support. Yes. And I think the difficulty here is that it's not a housewife. It's not the real housewives of Summer House where it's Lindsay as the housewife and then she's also dating someone. Like Carl is also a cast member on this show, which is going to shape some of the reaction here because seemingly there is a more equitable partnership just in terms of celebrity and casting. Like he's not there as the supportive partner in her real life with the sh- with her being a full-time cast member on the show they both are like yeah. regardless of rumors of whether or not they're going to be friends of on the upcoming season or whatever which is all a speculation it's like at the end of the day these are two people and you know i don't want it it's just going to be i think difficult for them to work through and i also obviously like obvious alert. And also just from like an events perspective, the amount of money. And I know that's not like the big thing. here. The wedding, like what can they can get back? Yeah. It's it's the operations of canceling a wedding, which is like the stuff you have to do that's going to be so stressful. The fact that they live together, which is so fucking stressful. It does not matter if you're famous or not going through the, you know, specifics of how you potentially break a lease or anything is no joke. And then it's 
you know, I guess you save yourself from making the phone call telling someone the wedding is off because it's on, you know, entertainment tonight, but also now everybody knows and you are going to yeah. be dealing with having to explain to people IRL, let alone your cast members, let alone your fans and the greater audience what happened. It's just it's a, it's a lot to work through. And I know people might say like, yeah, LOL, of course it is. And it's like, okay, well, that doesn't take away from the fact that this is a lot to handle. And we don't know what happened. For all we know, Carl could have gone back to being like Mr. Fuckboy. Like, we really don't know. And if Lindsay was not the person who initiated it, and she's finding out that this man she thought she was going to marry and, mm-hmm. and, and add on to that, this, people freak out when they're about to get married like the stress you they do yeah be dicks to each other it's like one of the most stressful seeming events new beginnings that a person can experience as a couple and at what point do you decide that the stresses you guys are experiencing are are reveal about what your relationship would be like versus situation specific yeah, like Sex in the City, you know, when Big just didn't show up. He was like, I'm sorry, I can't. Don't hate me or something. Yeah. It was too much. Like, it became this huge production. And then for me, personally, like, my husband, the extrovert, wanted a gigantic big wedding. And I, being a person who, like you, worked on, on events, I knew what that would take. And I knew I was the only person who was going to have to do it. And I about had a breakdown. And we just did justice of the piece. I was like, look, it's me or the event. Like, I can't do both. Like, so that's all we did. Um, I do just have to say as a Sex in the City dramaturg that um, I'm sorry, I can't, don't hate me was actually Burger's post-it note to care. Oh, okay. What was what was big? Did he just like call her? Is that what it was? I mean, he like ghosted her essentially. Okay. And then- I can remember. I thought that he texted her and was like, I'm sorry, I can't, don't hate me. Look, it, it, it gets meshed up in the in the brain after a while. Actually, now that I'm saying this out loud, I forget what the inciting, I'm sorry, I can't, don't hate me in words was. And then he tried to reach out to her and uh, um, Lily answered the phone and then was like, LOL, bye, and like put it in a cupcake bag or something. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, you know, listen, at a certain point, it's like the world of Sex and the City is looming in my head within just like that. But, you know, when it comes to all of this, this is... Yeah, going to be a difficult time. It does feel surprising just because of the closeness to the wedding. And it is also the LOL when you ask anyone who's an event producer or many people rather who are event producers, what kind of wedding would you envision? Oftentimes the response is like as small and private as fucking correct. Let's just in a field very quickly have a nice dinner with some friends. Like, don't put this on me because as an events person, I can't not have it be perfect. So it's like if it's my like I just knew it was going to put me in the grave. Couldn't do it. I mean, for me, it's not even the stress of planning the wedding. It's the fact that I don't think it's financially. I don't think it's worth it. That's what I said to him. I was like, look, we could we could drop a lot of money on a wedding, which I think is foolish at this point. Or we could use it for like a down payment, you know? Yeah. I would be like, waste that money on like the best fucking diamond that you can find. And then let's go to Europe (laughs) for a month. Like I would not, I would say, let's do a dinner for 10 people at max. Um, P.S. You know, eight of them are going to be from my circle. So you're fucked. And um, we're all little Lindsay at the end of the day. And and then we'll go to Paris and uh, enjoy that. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, oh man, it sucks. I I am, I am envious of people who have like a truly, a truly stress-free wedding event. And to me, those are like the elites 
who can afford to hire like the, you know, fancy Mindy, whatever party planner. And they really can just rest easy and be like, every single detail is taken care of. And my hair is going to be done perfectly. And my makeup's going to, and my, and it's just like, I can't imagine that. So that's a beautiful little dream world that other people live in. Yeah. And also it makes me think of um, True Life, I'm Getting Married, which was an <laughs> episode on MTV 750 years ago that you can probably see. I on- love the True Life series. That was good stuff. Oh, it 100% was great. And I just think of like Charlie and Sabrina who spent all of their money on like fucking lobster tails. And then she freaked out. She got a period on a wedding like and them just yelling at each other versus Mm -hmm. this um, legit upwardly mobile couple that got married, had bajillions of dollars to spend on it. And the last time I did a little Google search on them, still happily married with kids. Yeah. Like they had to they had their version of a stress-free event because they had enough money to not have to be stressed, which right. God bless Mazel Tov. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Ovs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. 
chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francaise. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving, plus high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H E R O.co. Listen, we got to pivot a little bit, but let's maybe, do it. Maybe this will be the true life. Um, what the fuck is going on in relationships, platonic and otherwise? Orange County, my God. Shannon. Shannon, your favorite. What do you have to say for yourself? I have to say that it is so fascinating. <laughs> I mean, like, I have a different personality type from Shannon in that my thing is not so much forgetting that I said insulting things in the moment. My thing is absolutely remembering that, but not having a filter. So like I will say things not necessarily intending to be a dick or maybe intending to be a dick, and I'll just say it out loud, but I will remember it. My problem isn't a a memory issue. My problem is the fact that I can go from zero to 100 and say things without thinking, including things that are intended to not be in any way insulting or anything else. I'm just not thinking about what that will sound like when it leaves my head. And Shannon is different in that I think that's probably one of her personality traits. But I think the other one is that she can be cruel in the moment and I think does genuinely seem to forget. Well, I don't think she forgets so much as she was, uh, you know, drinking. And then she doesn't remember because she was drinking because it sounds like she has some drinks and then she calls people 
and complains about her relationship. And then when they remind her, she gets very angry and she may not remember how much she loose lippedly <laughs> said to others. I mean, Gina did end the episode with saying that Shannon needs to go on a program and maybe away for an overnight or 30 of them or 20. Well, they're getting they're getting quite harsh with each other. And I don't I don't necessarily blame Gina because I think I was just as taken aback as everybody else with Shannon dropping the CPS line. And then trying to like sort of defend it. Oh, she doubled down and I was shook. I was shook. I was like, who doubles down on CPS? Shannon, that's who. I mean, if this isn't an orientation day for Jen of like, this is how nuts being on this show can be where you hear something correctly, you communicate it correctly, effectively, and then you were told by four people looking you dead in the eye and saying, you are a liar, you're Uh full of shit, how dare you? Like, how do you process that in real time of being like, but I'm not wrong? I mean, at a certain point, a person's confidence about how wrong you are, how do you not allow that to affect you in the moment? Yeah. I mean, that's very difficult. Gaslighting is real. I mean, you can you can convince someone that something didn't happen if you just keep saying it over and over. It happens all the time in life. But do you think... Genuinely, like I know Shannon done fucked up, but do you Mm -hmm. think in the moment Shannon was really trying to gaslight her or is it the thing of like, she really doesn't remember, but then she, when she hears it, she's like, well, I wasn't wrong. You know, like, I don't know. It doesn't mean it's not super cruel and upsetting. So I think it might be a combination, right? I think when, when these ladies, the, the negative part about, you know, Real Housewives is that when they start fighting, they just start throwing. They're just lobbing, reaching from behind them, not even looking at what they're grabbing, just throwing anything they possibly can. And sometimes those things that they throw are so awful that they either, you know, block it out that they said it or like, I would never say that. And it's like, you would in the heat of the moment when you're irritated and desperate and backed into a corner. So um, it could be a combination. <sighs> Shannon, and it's that's I where know. it's important to have Emily there to be like, cool, yeah, she's cool. great. Like this doesn't actually make sense. Not only an arrest being on someone's, Google Cal, but also the CPS of it, of it all. It's like, at what point is this just about shaming Gina for something that mm-hmm. happened years prior? Like, I think Shannon really can't let go the fact that she feels like she wasn't thanked enough and was Correct. invalidated for the level of help she provided. But the other part of that is like, at a certain point, if you were doing this to help someone, and this is very Pollyanna of me, maybe, but like you just have to hold on to that and let go of everything else. Because if you can't let go, the fact that you know you did this thing, that's and right. Someone else is ref- in your head refusing to like thank you properly, then what was the fucking point? I thought the Correct. point was to help her. I agree with you. That's how I see it. If you, it's almost like when someone says they're going to give someone else money, it's like, let's be clear in the front. Like, is this a gift or is there a repayment plan? And if it's a gift, you don't bring it up and rub it in my face forever. And that's where I think Shannon has a problem. If, if Shannon does you a favor, God help you. 
Because you're probably going to have to call her every morning and acknowledge that favor for the rest of your life in order to like keep her satiated. Do you think that that's true for everything? I don't think that that's true for everything that Shannon does. It's definitely true for this. No, thing. but for for the, like if she has got beef with you, if you ever have an irritation with her again, I think she's going to bring it up. And that to me is um, like you, you either do something good to help someone in the moment or you use it as a card to pull out later. I don't think it's I would never use it as a card to pull out later. Uh, I don't know that I wouldn't. If someone is saying that I am a bad person and I don't care about our friendship, I could at that point say, I care so much that when you were at your lowest point, I I didn't at that point criticize you. I was focused on um, wanting to ensure that you got help and support and legal advice. The difficulty here is that Shannon was like referencing it in car rides and stuff and being like, remember when I was your angel? Correct. So it's not to your face. So that's the issue, right? Is you saying that to someone's face and being like, hey, no, I actually was there for you. And like giving the example is different from then like going behind the scenes, bringing it up and then escalating it and being like, and they were going to take your kids away. Like that's totally different to me. Well, Shannon's doing both because she's saying to Gina in that car ride with Heather, which we saw in the last episode, not this week's, but the one before, like, um, you know, remember how I was like an angel and was like your helper and the reason that you got out of this stuff. She's saying it to Gina's face, but it, to me, it it's neither here nor there that Gina was there. The point is that Shannon is centering herself in this Correct. situation that Gina would yes. rather everyone forget I would say the flip side of that is Gina did take to, you know, that OC reunion and really, as Emily did, really lay into Shannon in talking about how she's a bad friend. So if I was Shannon in that moment, I would be upset and mad because of the thing I did to help this person. But also, if they're not giving you what it is that you need which is acknowledgement of what you did. If her parents are thanking you and she is not, sometimes you just got to take the L and be like, you know what? Yeah. If I help this person and they're doing better, that is the thank you that I need. And for whatever reason, they can't acknowledge it. And you just got to keep it moving. Because if you continue to focus on this thing that's connected to a really bad fucking time in her life, how right. do you think that's going to go for you? You can't be surprised when she reacts in this way. Mm -hmm. I know. And then what was, I was really just, Shannon had me, it was just it was so amusing because she kept talking about how people were exaggerating things for her while she's doing that exact thing and then her like panic attack or whatever that was and then when she gets up to the table and she's like look track marks or whatever it was like are you okay and she's like it was the vitamin iv like it was just all hilarious i couldn't um she's she's a true gem <laughs> I do think this is this is you know you know I hashtag Sam for Shan. I do think it's entirely possible stress and having anxiety or whatever else can absolutely manifest itself um, physically. There's like no doubt about that. I wouldn't doubt that Shannon physically felt maybe unwell or uncomfortable or whatever else because of the level of stress that she is experiencing with her relationship with filming with whatever else, but also you know, how much of this is a well-running machine at this point? Like, what would life look like for Shannon if she was making choices and decisions to actively learn things so that she wasn't always stressed out? Like, 
I, I do believe yeah. that she's experiencing stress. I do believe that her body was probably inflamed from whatever that person was saying. Shannon, Shannon being stressed is Shannon just existing. Like Shannon's usually stressed. Like all previous seasons, you know, Shannon gets gets very, you know, wound up about things. But I think right now, the thing to me that's causing her the most stress is the fact that she realizes she maybe said too much to people and now they're talking about her relationship on camera. And I think the person she should really be mad about at is, is herself. I think she could be upset at herself. I think she 100% could be upset at Tamara. But instead, she's saying all these snide things about Heather, like at that lunch between them, when I was like, uh, maybe again, I'm not seeing it through Shannon's lens. I, I actually think I am. I'm just sort of disagreeing with her about her opinion. I thought Heather was being... And maybe I'm being like totally manipulated. I, Tamara would argue that I was. I thought Heather was being <laughs> very honest and very forthright and being vulnerable. And Shannon's confessional of like she should get an Oscar or whatever. I was like, how unnecessarily rude. But maybe it's because she doesn't believe this person. I don't know. You know, listen, Heather Page Kent, terrific actress in the whatever's sitcom queen. I, I don't think that was a performance. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's, it's hard for me to tell sometimes with Heather. I, I hope that it was real. Heather and Shannon, what a combo. Um, it felt, it felt legitimate. We'll just see, right? We judge them on actions. I mean, we judge them on actions, but we also judge other people on the seemingly very heavy-handed and consistent actions against that person. And if I was Heather at this point, I would, as she is, giving an enormous amount of side eye to the majority of the cast because it does feel like the waves are moving against her. And sure, is some of that maybe deserved? Yeah. Is some of that sense memory of like, Heather's been a dick in the past, so, and she's acted like an asshole, like a pompous dick. So it's like, if there's <laughs> any glimpse of that now, we're going to pretend she was as bad now as she, we're going to say that she was as bad now as she was before. Like, that can be a part of it too, but I, I just don't see, I'm not seeing the big thing here. I'm not seeing like Tamara's Big Bang Theory. Like, I'm not seeing. I'm not seeing it. I, I just, I'm not. I'm, I am more on Heather's side in this, certainly, than Tam's. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, Tamara's coming out swinging um, in this season. So she's just like swinging at any, swinging at any throw. Yeah. And there are also some big swings that Shannon seems to be taking. Like in that scene where she's losing her shit and breaking the fourth wall, she's referencing the size of Travis's dick. Like, that's are wild. you kidding me? That is wild. That's nuts to me. Like to say mm -hmm. that out loud, which you again, know that you are doing in the moment and not thinking to yourself, man, maybe I have played a part in this cycle that I have with Gina because I have said these things out loud. I don't care if someone comes to you and says, so, you know, so-and-so's boyfriend of this person I don't like has a micro penis. I don't think that's a great thing to say on camera. I think that's like incredibly rude. Yeah. But that's Shannon, right? That's the whole thing of just like, she'll just start throwing anything when she gets that emotional, you know, irrational, angry. She cannot control that. And it, it goes to an ugly place. But that is 
the the blessings of the Real Housewives world. We do not have people on here who are calm and chill and say, I control my own emotions and I will not turn ugly for the sake of this fight. Shannon is pure emotion. No, no ration. Absolutely. And she's accusing everyone else of behaving in a way that is nowhere near as quote unquote ugly as her behavior. Like the fact of the matter is people are responding to things she herself has told them. And she's saying that their ears have bad intentions instead of her mouth. And like, you should feel comfortable talking to your friends about a relationship that does not seem terribly stable. And yet they are being blamed for you sharing while at the same time, you are surely being punitive and harsh or cruel. I don't know, cruel, but like very critical in your comments and critiques of Gina's life. And it's like, okay, but we're also carrying water for the fact that you've said things to these people and they're going to talk about them, not just because you're on a show together, but maybe because they're actually concerned. Like Shannon talking about Travis's dick isn't obviously coming from a place of concern. (laughs) Shannon talking about the CPS Michigas isn't coming from a place of concern. And that's the difference. Yeah, it actually is. I agree with you for sure. And I love that Emily is there. I mean, I just were, there were so many times when I was like, oh, I love that Emily is there because she is, especially, you know, in this situation, she's not directly involved. So she's not overcome with anger. She is really just this measured lawyer voice of reason saying, actually, no, it was a bench warrant. It wasn't that big of a deal. Like she's trying to speak sense to people. And I, I just love that she's able to do that, even if Shannon's not listening to it. Yeah, and not every lawyer who is also a housewife is interested in remembering that they, LOL, have a law degree, BCC Meredith Marks, who seems to have (laughs) very selective memory of when she knows that a thing is a thing and when she's attempting to get us all to forget. And I do appreciate that about Emily because I'm like, yeah, she's talking about how a bench warrant or whatever would be. What is it? A bench? Is it a bench warrant? Is that the name? Bench warrant. Yeah. So it's not like they were anyway. It wasn't as ratcheted up as as the way Shannon was describing it. Like they were going to come to your house at this time and they had scheduled it. And she's like, do you did you know? Did they tell you when they were coming to my house? You know, anyway. And Shannon went to law school for two years, which I keep forgetting. That seems wild to me. It has to be a long time ago. Imagine Shannon being your lawyer. I can. I would love it. If I would you? Her, yeah. Not to like take her at her advice, but would I love to see Shannon in a power suit and like talk about a case? Like 100%. Yeah. I uh, arrest me for, you know, wearing a bad dress and then we'll talk about it. Like okay. if Shannon is defending me from the fashion police, I have no problem with that. I just okay, wish that perfect. sometimes... I I would be curious to see those aspects of Shannon because the thing with Shannon is like, listen, people can change. I just so deeply don't see her personality meshing with being a lawyer, maybe being in litigation, which is all the more interesting because maybe decades have gone by since she was in law school. So she might be an entirely different person now than she was then. Or maybe... Mm -hmm. 
the reason that she left law school is because she realized I'm a different personality than um, this kind of career. And maybe it's not for me. Like, who Mm -hmm. knows how her processing skills and communication skills have just changed or deepened because of what we experience over time versus like, no, this is like maybe a little bit of who Shannon is. And this is what we're finding out. Like, I don't know. I mean, I, I love my sweet broken bird, but like, Tweet, tweet, sweetie. Like, ma'am, like, this isn't some of this. I can't get over the Travis Dick thing. I think that was. And also, like, do you think that John is, this is so inappropriate, but like, I don't necessarily think John Jansen is like the pleasure factory. So she makes it seem that way. She always makes it seem like she's always like, we have so much. We just are so active in the bedroom. She said it a couple of times. And to me, like when I, I, I see like when they first started television and there would be um, any kind of error with the programming or if they were just done for the day, like the screen would come up and it was like a circle with quadrants and it was like technical difficulties. That's what I envision when you ask me that question about John Jansen, just technical difficulties. I, nothing comes up for me, which I'm thankful for. My brain protects me. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, I sort of wish that Shannon was stigmatized because at least I could understand, for example, why Vicky was a literal menace because Brooks just knew what to do to get it done. Like, I do believe that she was like overwhelmed because she felt satisfied in one aspect and then pretended as a result she was satisfied in every other. But with John Jansen, he just seems so disinterested and disconnected from Shannon and who she is that when it comes to like other forms of intimacy, is it entirely possible that they are partners in that way and not necessarily in other aspects of the relationship? Absolutely. But also this man does, it it seems like he is so deeply tapped out that I'm like, I just (laughs) don't see it. At a certain point, it's like, I just, I just don't see it. Yeah. And, you know, it, it makes me wonder if the things that she says about him are really just for the show. Because now that one of the things that they're accusing her of is saying, confessing to them when she makes these inebriated phone calls that he really likes the attention of being on the show. And that's part of the reason that he's with her. And then her reaction being so visceral of people saying, Actually, no, you're telling us that he never pays for anything, that he doesn't stay over there, that like there's issues, this and that and this and that, and that he calls you, you know, names, makes fun of your body, whatever, that I wonder if her hyping him up in a way of being like, oh, no, we're great in that department. I say, is that true or is that hyping him up for the show? And then maybe more true things come out when you have these phone calls with the women off camera. I don't know. I think she is attempting to say that he's worth the cost of of our lifestyle. Uh, he's okay. so great that um, whether or not I'm telling you at eleven uh, uh, at eleven o'clock at night after I've turtle time that I'm really concerned that I'm like uh, you know that I have a certain kind of lifestyle or that he assumes I have a certain kind of lifestyle and I am the one who has to pay for it. I think she's trying to tell herself, let alone her cast, let alone the audience, that like he's worth all of this. So even Got if it. I'm saying that I've never said to these people that these are my concerns, which again gets into the idea of Shannon's memory and like 
how much of this is memento like and how much of this is a Liam Neeson thriller because I've seen all of them over and over again I don't know that he's gonna wake up at a hospital in Germany and be like wow January Jones looks different like I don't <laughs> I've seen that movie a couple yeah times. I just don't know for Shan for my poor poor sweet Shan who's not literally poor, which might be a part of the issue. I don't know at what point she is lying to herself and trying to convince herself that this is going to be okay. And there just happened to be other people in the room. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, But that ended so dramatically. The last couple of episodes have ended so dramatically with Shannon sort of like running off, leaving, um, yeah, it will be, um, it'll be interesting to see how the next episode goes. I didn't watch the previews, so I don't know what it's teeing us up for. I don't know what it's teeing us up for, but I did have a question about something that happened in, in the episode that I like truly didn't understand, hmm. which was <laughs> Tamra bringing up, <laughs> it's so stupid, Tamra bringing up to Heather, Heather, um, so you know I have a podcast, which is like, <laughs> you don't say you don't say Tamara do you really like the loadedness of Uh Tamara trying to make that the lightest possible touch when she has talked in real life about the fact that the reason she wasn't brought back sooner was because allegedly Heather Dubrow was telling Andrew that Tamara couldn't be a housewife again when she hosts a podcast recapping housewives which I think Andy has also mentioned or Tamara has discussed with Andy. It's just so funny the way that Tamara's like, so you know, I have a podcast, which is like, yeah, two T's and a no fucking duh. But yeah, Tamara's saying that Teddy went hard about Heather having staged paparazzi shots. What was your reaction to that? I mean, it's kind of, good Lord, I hate to bring up the Tedster. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause we know, we know she loves it, but, um, it is funny. I thought it was comical because I don't think of, you know, paparazzi being at, at Disneyland either. And that photo, when they put a little photo next to it, where it was like a stock image of people at a computer, it was, it was comedy. It was beautiful. I enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, I don't know what the angle would be. I think that was around the time when people were talking about them having trouble in their marriage, I think was the was the issue. And so they're accusing her of staging these these paparazzi photos of them looking very cuddly and happy at, at Disney World, who knows, or Disneyland. I mean, the thing is, like, do we think that um they were staged photos? I wouldn't put it I wouldn't put it past her. I wouldn't be shocked. If you told me that they were, I would be dead faced like a like a doll. But um I wouldn't necessarily be like hunting that down and working that angle. I'd be like, man, it could be. Could not be. I don't know. Could have been somebody taking it with their cell phone that then sold it. I don't know. I I mean, I don't think it was that because I think the credit was probably one oh, was of it? the yeah. I mean like paparazzi but the thing like the dot 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 is like who doesn't do that like name me a all of them housewife. all of them radar online blah, da, 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 da. like whatever they can do to help themselves they think they're doing it yeah and teddy being the one to be like i cracked the case yeah right it's just i mean teddy joe i guess 
could maybe schedule that for herself. I'm sure she has. I just don't care. Like it's, it sounds like it's leading to an examination of Heather being fake, but I just think, no, that's just sort of one of the special skills on a housewife's LinkedIn is that they're going to text somebody and either talk to a paparazzi or do the like walk and talk thing where you're trying not to be noticed, but you've already. Yeah. And you're like, oh, hey, TMZ right outside of the airport. I'll tell you all my thoughts on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like BCC, Sandoval, Schwartz, Rachel, the vast majority of the cast of Vanderpump Rules, but also the vast majority of like any cast of any franchise that there are going to be those staged moments. Yeah. I, I just don't see it's It's such a nothing burger to me that it's like, okay, I get it. Like I get that this is going to be the response that you guys are saying of like, you know, trying to respond to people saying your marriage is over. But like, wouldn't that be the response to be like, yeah, let's show that that's not a real thing. Yeah. To me, it wasn't like a hot story. I was like, okay, moving on. What else we got here? There's other things to talk about. For sure. But to them, it was like, I don't know, a story. And I thought that was interesting that they taped the phone call of her getting the call in the car. But it's going to keep coming up. I'm I'm sure that the content for this podcast that they have will occasionally cross hairs with her being on the show and cause some awkwardness. Yeah, but I'm appreciative of the fact that it's not as featured as it could be, which I think is a benefit to Tamara and us, because at a certain point, her podcast is extremely successful, and we don't need to hear about it every five seconds because we know. And Mm -hmm. I think it's a benefit to her work on Housewives that it's not mentioned a lot. Like, save that for the reunion if you need to, where people are like, and you said this thing about me, and then you said this thing about me. I'm really genuinely more concerned for the fact that Shannon does really seem to have a lot of anger toward Heather. And I guess that's just her stance is that like at the end of the day, she has a lot of anger toward Heather and Heather is the person trying to ruin her relationship. And, you know, if I was watching some of these episodes, if I was Shannon, um, which am I? If I was watching some of these episodes, I would be saying to myself, wow, you know, Tamra really seems to be engaging in a lot of this. But maybe... Shannon just honestly disagrees. Maybe she believes the thing that that Tamara and Tamara alone, well, not actually Tamara alone, that Tamara and now Emily and Gina have said um, that that Heather is up to no good. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I haven't seen Heather be horrible yet. Maybe I'm just not paying that much attention. Other things that she does catch my attention more. You know what I mean? Like selling the house for 55 million and saying like, I got to make sure what I, what I wear. I don't want to look like I'm from Pennsylvania. And then Terry being like G6, G6. And they're like, are you going to fly me home on private? I'm like, the world's on fire. And the number one contributor is private planes and plane jet fuel. But awesome guys, just, just do you you know, have a great time. I'm over here using um, low impact to the earth trash bags that rip in my hands. (laughs) This is fun. Yeah. I know that $55 million is a lot of dollars. I know that $5 is a lot of dollars, but they spend like a fucking time. You know what's so funny about that? 
You know what is so funny about that is I said that to my husband. He was walking through the kitchen and I was watching it and I said, I have to watch this. I'm doing a podcast on it a minute. It has to stay on. And he was, and he saw the part where they said, yeah, baby, so $55 million. And he's like, oh my God, that's a lot of money to sell a house for. And I was like, it really is. It really is. And he said, I bet they spend a lot of money though, huh? And I was like, yeah, they do. And so it's the old adage of like, it's not what you make, you know, it's what you save. And so I, we could sit here and think that they probably have a ton of cash. We don't know. Their their burn rate could be pretty high as well. I actually do think that they have a ton of money. I think that they have a lot of assets. I'm sure. And once it starts accruing, that's where you stay at the 1% because things start compounding. Yeah. And they have made extremely good strategic decisions about Mm -hmm. how they invest their money in their homes. And obviously, there's some sort of substantial profit coming out of that. I'm still confused about how they had the amount of money that they had to build this house in the first place. But who doesn't love a Ritz-Carlton in Colorado, which is exactly what that house looks like. So if you want a spectrum of silver and gray, you know where to go. But the one but that I have is if you have, if you truly feel like you have FU money, why would you go on? I can't remember which home shopping network it was, but why would you go on a home shopping network during a global pandemic and do markups of COVID tests? Are you that hard up? You really need to do that? COVID tests. Remember when he did that during the pandemic? It's like you have enough. Do you not, or do you do you do, or do you not have enough? Is your stuff compounding? Why do you need this pittance? What 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 was that worth to you to do that? I don't think a person ever has enough. I think that's the American dream. The American dream is not just succeeding, but believing that you can succeed more. Mm. I'm having issues these days. I'm getting I'm getting radicalized. Anyway, we know where we stand on the class warfare. <laughs> um. Yeah, I want to know. Here's what I want from you, because you do so many investigative deep dives that are all incredible. I want you to do a six hour long YouTube, just figuring out where this huge fucking ball of cash came from. Because I wouldn't be surprised if Heather came from money. Terry, everybody keeps referencing his brother, which but I don't know how much money that yada, yada, yada. Like, obviously, he's making a mint as a surgeon. And as I can't a- do it. I'm telling you, I can't do it. I can't do it. The only, I don't want to look at their faces. I don't want to know. I don't want to get into it. I'm just not interested. The one, I'm telling you that I don't find the dives. I never, I never am like, I'm curious. The dives find me. Something has to pop off. An injustice has to occur. Someone has to be awful online. And then I get curious and I start digging. I don't just do it to do it. Because everybody, everybody, I don't want to see anybody's face. I don't want to know anything about anybody. The dives find me. It has to, it has to, there has to be a catalyst for it. Wait, so you're not into, I'm not, I'm genuinely not being sarcastic. I'm actually surprised. You're not into, why, why am I so surprised? Something happened to me through this season. Something happened to me chemically and I don't know what it was, but I am like very into watching Heather and Terry. I don't know what it is, but I am, Uh I am into it. They would like that. They would like that. I like that they like that. They open <laughs> are, Heather talking in that confessional about how the 2010 was terrible. So that's why they're having the 2012 staple that to my elbow so I can see it whenever I'm picking up what coupon I can find on the ground to save 10 cents on an apple. Oh, I thought you were saying so you could elbow drop on them. <laughs> 
No, elbow drop on myself. Elbow drop on myself that I didn't know that the 2010 was in fact not very good. It's like Heather's actually trying to educate us in that moment of like Oh, you think so? Then that's kind of her. Yeah, she's I don't think she was like being joking. I think she was like, yeah, that's Oh no, I don't think she was joking either. Yeah. I'm into, I don't know what it is. I think it's because it's like, oh God, they have so much money and we don't see that a lot on a lot of housewives. And yeah, I want to see them toasting to their $55 million um, sale and then leaving that bottle of champagne without even finishing their glass so that they can go to dinner and pay for another bottle to possibly not drink. Like, I just... Oh. You know what you would like? You know what you would like? If if that's your if that's your cup of tea, I think you might be very into the Queen of Versailles. Have you ever seen it? I cannot believe how much I enjoyed the HBO Max limited series, having seen the documentary however many years prior. And a friend of mine said, it's feel good TV. And I said, you are out of your fucking mind. There is no way that this is going to be anything else but painful and like slightly off putting. And now I watch every post that she does when she's on a flight, when she's meeting with Mrs. America, when she's like, I'm having a Tiffany blue day. So everything I'm wearing is Tiffany blue when she mispronounces the names of things she has bought for tens of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. She's so in love with her husband. She is living in this oddity. They got a room put together out of their 1800. I mean, I couldn't get enough of it. I can't get enough of it. Yeah. Yeah. And she's on She's on TikTok. You should check her out. Well, you know, I'm oh, yes. not on TikTok. Well, that's a problem. You can do it on your laptop like a, you know, elder, like an elder. <laughs> <laughs> like a wise elder, just type, just type it in there, tiki taki, and then um, search Queen of Versailles, and you'll get to see her talking about. She had a little plate. It was very funny. People did a lot of stitches with it. The working class enjoyed it. She had a little working. She had a little plate with uh, with caviar and some lemon and some other things. And she's like, "I love my caviar, but sometimes I wish I was on my private jet." Well, I was eating my caviar. And so she pans over in her house and she has like a section of a jet where she goes and sits and eats the caviar sometimes, if I recall correctly. Yeah. I did see that because she posted it, I think, as an Instagram reel. So I probably- Good for you. You're covered. You're covered. Her, her social media team has got you covered, baby. You're good to go. She had sort of a miniature set of the inside. Yeah. Of it was a like PJ. a movie set. Yeah. In her living room, I guess. Yeah. I mean, may her Instagram post last forever. I will never get enough. Honestly, I really, truly don't know what I'm going to fucking do about BravoCon. I have less than zero dollars to spend on this goddamn weekend of fun. And uh, I was thinking to myself, do I DM Queen of Versailles and say, do you have a basement room available at the Westgate? And could I please stay there? You should. You should. You should be like, hey, I'm an actual fan. I'm an unironic actual fan. Genuinely. Um, and see if she will dig around in her pockets and then just cast out some coinage. I um I don't know what that would be like to stay there, but I, I don't know anything about hotels in Vegas and Vegas hotels, which you and I have talked about offline. Um, but I just I have a feeling that that would be an experience I wouldn't soon forget. Now, what is it exactly? Is it a hotel or is it a timeshare? Because I think they had their money from timeshares, as I recall. 
I think he, I don't, I forget their money thing, but uh, I do believe that it is um, technically considered a hotel. Okay. Well, that would be very interesting. <laughs> that would be very interesting. We're now just staring at each other blinking. <laughs> <laughs> there's one person on the screen who loathes the ultra wealthy. <laughs> and there's one person, person who delights in them. <laughs> Guess oh, which one is which. <laughs> Oh, she's oh, just cackling. Listen, BBDB, I could talk yeah. to you forever. I mean, yeah. I just Orange County is giving me exactly what I need. And I'm shaken, shaken that yet again, breaking news has happened while we are mid recording. I know. And what, what a day. I really, again, I'm, I'm feeling for, for Lindsay just because that's got to be devastating on so many levels. It's, it's got to be rough. And the thing is, unlike the argument Shannon is trying to make that bad things are happening to her, when it comes to finding all of this out and knowing that according to Entertainment Tonight, Carl is the one that pulled the plug, like that is just very difficult to feel like you're not in control of a decision being made that's going to deeply impact your life in many ways and to know that many other people know that it's not like this, this is not coming out that like they made a mutual decision together. The entertainment tonight means is like he did it and cameras are up or it happened on camera or whatever else. I mean, that is going to be very tough and also probably like the beginning of the upcoming season trailer. That is going to be a really, really deep cut. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the world. And who who knows what has happened in the time that we have looked away from our phones. I know. They could be back together. They could we, have We eloped. get no rest. No, just just more of the same. More of the same. Call off engagement. Break and break up. And break up. Yeah, I mean, the odds of someone calling off an engagement and breaking up, having that not happen, because there's so much emotion attached to a wedding being canceled or postponed I think it's more likely than not that a that a couple does not stay together after that and I don't know if that was Carl's intention but I assume he was aware of the fact that if he didn't want to get married and said that that it is entirely possible his fiance would not want to continue the relationship. So who knows if he broke up with her while saying the, the wedding wouldn't happen or if he was just like, I can't do this. But the follow-up is like, why can't you? And that leads to the deeper stuff. Yeah. It's just a shame. It really is. It's like, you know, he proposed. He made the big thing on the beach, as I recall. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. And it's going to be, God, it's going to be tough for Lindsay. And I know that her relationships with some members of the cast have been like really challenging. And I hope she and Danielle are in a good place. Like, I hope she has a circle of people to support her. And I hope Carl does as well. Like, I don't see any, you know, LOL, quote unquote, bad actors, regardless of how much, you know, their castmates felt that their relationship was performative. I think that they both deserve to have people just kind of like helping them process this. That's a that's a really big deal. And the timing of it is 
really bad, but I'm the kind of person who's like, you know what? Better that it happens before the wedding than after. Yeah. I mean, if you're marrying somebody and you're all in and they are, you know, 20% in, like, forget it. Then I, I like the, my, my personal viewpoint is like, fine. I'm, I'm the prize anyway. Bye. I'll go make somebody else great. And I hope she starts to see it that way. I hope she's like, fine. I dodged a bullet. I'll go be with, you know, someone else or never be with anyone, whatever it is, but it's better than being with someone who, whose foot is half out the door or who's not fully in this. Yeah. And I don't, you know, want heartbreak on that scale for anyone. I really don't. Um, It's just, it's a difficult thing to kind of get through and process. I've never been engaged um, because Chris Manzo can't just, (laughs) he can't decide on the stone. And I keep saying, Christopher, whatever it is, I will already have picked it out. You just need to put down your Amex. Like, sweetie, there are no Which I know, I know we're not talking about New York and I know we're not going to talk about New York. We're not going to talk about it. But I will say that Bryn saying that she'd been engaged three times and they were like, well, why did you say yes? Because she's like, it's easier to say yes. And then, you know, she was honest with them later about her not really wanting it. And then she would talk about like the pressure. Like she walked out of a store and this guy had like all these, like a band or whatever it was. Oh, it's rough. Rough. I felt for her. What did you think of Disney Prince Gideon? I, that's exactly where I've stopped the episode. Because as soon as you said, do you want to do this pod with me about OC? I was like, pausing New York, watching OC. Um, and that was that was yesterday. So I paused it right there, but he seems like a gem. A gem. I would love to know the inner workings of that relationship. I would love to sit with her and be like, what happened? Why, you know, what were the red flags for you? You just don't want to be with someone. I would love if she just talks about it more, the three engagements. Yeah. And also, what agreement does she have with him? Like, not agreement, but what's their understanding? Because there was a very, very heavy flirt going on between. He loves her. her. I know. So, and then she goes on Watch What Happens and she's like, there's a 30% chance that maybe we'll get back together. I don't love her talking about that in that way when his heart this is poor involved. Man. I know. I don't know how respectful that is. And I, I try to never feel sorry for men. I try to never feel sorry for men. But I felt a little bit, I felt a little bit like, oh, I can tell, I can tell that he still loves her. And of course he would. And they're looking at these classic cars and I'm like, I would, I would love. I would love a classic car, sir. <laughs> like, it's a ha- I don't know how she says no to that. But again, we don't know the inner workings. Like, we don't know if she's got the ick from something. We don't know if there were red flags. She's got her reasons. So Team Bryn, obviously. But yeah, that was a tough scene to watch. Yeah, and also there might be red flags, but she might be the red flag. So like... You never know. You never know. I just feel a little a little kind of confused as to the ways that she is talking about this man. And I wonder, is it like mutual admiration society? Are they okay just like randomly meeting up? Was this just a kind of thing that because they still have mutual affection for each other and she was like, you know, I'd love to film a scene with you and whatever else. I just, the fact that she said that whole thing about, and I might be getting the percentage wrong, but like 30% chance. I just was like, oh, fuck. Like, imagine being that guy at home watching that episode. I don't love that. I don't love saying out loud because then it's like, wait, but if you were in the position where you ended this and then you're dangling a third of a carrot in saying maybe we'll get back together or not, it feels I I really enjoy Bryn. It does feel a little manipulative to me, but maybe he's in on the joke. Like, it's entirely possible that he's in on the joke. It could be. And I'm going to say something that crossed my mind when they were sitting in that car. When she said, 
he was he was wonderful. He was a prince. He I never had to like I never opened a door for myself for five years. If I stood up from a table, he would stand up. I was like, oh my god, oh my god. I just love stuff like that. I love little niceties and being acknowledged and 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 feeling like somebody appreciates you and is you know going above and beyond. And then I thought to myself, how the hell is it that you know a few weeks ago she was like, yeah, lol, I'm DMing with Shep. I'm like, what? I don't know how you make that turn from going f- with somebody who was like the absolute prince to like, we've seen Shep throw an egg very hard at his girlfriend on camera and call her things. I, I have a really hard time. I was like, I need to take a gummy and just sit down with my thoughts for a minute because it's hard for me. Well, some people choose chaos. And if she does Some people not- do. If you want to live in a state of suspended um, or engaged adolescence, like if you want to live in a kind of fairy tale land and you also yeah, know yeah. there is no chance in hell that this guy is going to ask me to marry him. So he's he's a safer point. bet. So I don't have to think about the the life that I want for myself moving forward. Shep would be an excellent choice. I just wonder like is she being responsible with Gideon's heart? Because it feels to me in the ways that she flirts with him or whomever and flirts with Abe, like that to me is neither here nor there. This is someone who literally wanted to spend the rest of his life with you, who yeah. obviously seems to have some sort of affection for you, which I believe is still romantic. Absolutely. And we're going on TV and saying there's a 30%. Again, he might be in on the joke, but I just think if I was, if it was the other person, Situ- if it was the other way around, if it was Gideon saying that about her, I yeah. mean, she's saying that he's an angel. So maybe she knows he's not that kind of person. So she can be that kind of person. But I would just think to myself, like, wow, this is how much she cares about. But also, again, maybe they have an understanding and he knows that she doesn't mean it. But I don't know that that means it doesn't hurt. So. Yeah. And and at some point that's on Gideon too, right? So hopefully he watches the show back and he says, you know, what am I doing? Do I still want to keep potentially kind of making an ass of myself, always just being here, being ready, being a doormat for her saying anytime and you say the word, you say the word and we drive off in this classic car. We buy a house in upstate New York. You never touch a door for the next, you know, 30 years. But I don't know. I envisioned a whole life for them in that moment. The whole life might still happen. I just, um, I mean, talk about it to be continued. There we are. In the meantime, bravo, bravo, ducking, bravo. You know I die for you. You know I love when you come on AG. You know that I give you three seconds notice and then I'm like, can we please talk? And I love every moment of it. It's always 18 hours long and I love you for it, among many other reasons. Tell the AGs where they can follow you on social, all that and more. Sure. I mean, Instagram is my jam. Bravo, bravo, ducking, bravo. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to shift, trying to shift to other platforms. It's hard to do. It's hard to do. I'm on TikTok. I got a YouTube. It's so neglected. It's just like white refrigerator over there. I'm doing what I can. I've got a lot of commitments, people. I have, you know, my mother. Okay. Anyway, um, I'm hoping to ratchet it up soon, though. We're gonna get into second gear. 
I yeah. love second gear. Listen, mm-hmm. I love second gear. I love first gear. I can barely drive an automatic, but I'm pretending that I understand <laughs> stick. Um, listen, guys, you can follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. Message me your satchels of gold, your thoughts and feels, questions and concerns about all things Atlanta, Orange County. New York, all that and more for an upcoming Patreon app. And speaking of Andy's Girls and the AG Patreon, the number one way to support the pod, there are two bonus episodes out now, two and a half hours total, talking about and exploring your satchels of gold, your thoughts and feels, questions and concerns, named in honor of Her Holiness, Kelly Kaloran Ben Simone, about all things Bethany, Rachel, Reality Reckoning, Future of Bravo, some below deck on top. Listen to those apps. Let me know your thoughts. And thanks to all of you for sending in your thoughts and messaging them to me on Instagram because it was a lot of fun to record. You can listen to those apps and more at patreon.com slash girls. BBDB, thanks so much for coming back. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Great. We'll record again probably in about five. So (laughs) take a second, have some water, and then on we go. Guys, thanks so much for listening, and we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co